0: Good morning church and welcome to our church at home. Our passage this morning on our fourth sermon on our Advent series comes from John chapter 1 verses 43 to 51. John chapter 1 verses 43 to 51. If you have a Bible next to you, please follow with me as I read. John chapter 1 43 to 51. The next day... Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see," said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to he said often, "Here is a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false." How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, "I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you." Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He added, I'll tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let us pray together as we look into this passage. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would cause us to understand your word, that you would cause us to see that in you we have access to God that you would otherwise would not have without his death on the cross. I pray that you would help us to value this access, that you would help us to call others into this access, that you'd also help us to boldly come to you knowing that despite our sinfulness your son has paid a sufficient price for our welcome that we have the tickets lord and that you accept it not on the basis of our merit but on the basis of jesus christ who died at the cross for us help us to see that now lord I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look at keys and you think about them, they are small little things, aren't they? Some of us have two, three, or four just to get into our home. But what they do is that they provide access to our most valuable possessions. If you own a house, they provide access to your most valuable asset that you own, perhaps short of your pension. They provide access to our loved ones, provide access to our comfort, to our security. If someone were to get hold of those keys, those things that we love and cherish would be at risk, one not they? So therefore we guard the keys carefully. We gave them to the people that we trust. Think of your car keys. we are more than just a piece of metal uh, with plastic and perhaps some coating on it. But they are your car because without them you would not be able to get in, wouldn't it? So therefore, you when when someone wants to come and borrow a car, you give them the key, and uh, accompanying that key is Commitment to trust that that person is responsible, that they are loving, they are caring. But Jesus comes into the world. He comes and He provides access. He provides access that we otherwise would not have access to. He provides access to God that you and I, in our sinful state, could not reach. He is like that key, isn't it? That key to the house, that key to the car. Without him, there is no entrance. There is no breaking in. The house of God is absolutely secure. Romans says that all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because we are dead in our trespasses and sin, not only do we live in darkness, but we love darkness we saw last week. The reason why we cannot get in is because we are sinful, we are unworthy, and we are people who love the outside. What then does Jesus mean when he tells the disciples that they shall see heaven open? What kind of people is heaven open to who has the keys to heaven? What about you and I? What about humanity? People who are murderers in their hearts. People who are gossips, who covet other people's cars and wives. People who are addicted to uh, to food and not holiness. People who like uh, nice clothes and not good deeds. People who like the latest gadgets, not the latest ways to do good for God. People who are drunk on wine and do not drink in the Holy Spirit. People who love the approval of man more than they love the approval of God. Is heaven open for those people? Is heaven open to you? Is heaven open to me? This morning, we will be looking at the last section of John in our fourth sermon in the Advent series. We will look at Jesus calling his disciples to follow him but i want us to zoom in on two disciples specifically the section starts in 35 but we're going to be focusing on verses 43 to uh, 51 due to time focusing on philip and nathanael we see jesus in verses 43 saying uh we see john saying of jesus the next day jesus decided to leave Galilee he found Philip and he said to him follow me like like Philip like Andrew and Peter before him that is that you read about in from 35 to 42 he was also from the town of Bethesda with the call of Philip it is Jesus who takes the initiative for the first time in this gospel, he invites him to be his disciples, to follow him, to learn from him. So the word follow here has a continuous aspect to it. It is not only an invitation to follow, but an invitation to continue following. It is an invitation that says, be my follower. So Philip found Nathaniel. the uh, evangelist here yeah, Philip as young as he is in faith he goes and he invites others to Jesus he finds Nathaniel and says to him in verses 45 we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth we have found him in the same day that Nathaniel, that Philip finds Nathaniel. He tells him that he has found the Messiah. The one whom the Jewish people had been waiting for. The one we read about it in Psalm chapter 2. And he is from Nazareth of all places. And Nathaniel is surprised by this. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good from, come from Nazareth? Nazareth was a small insignificant little town of no consequence, neither famous nor infamous for anything. It is a it is like uh, my hometown Lusigisi, known for very little except for a nicely sounding name that is. It's not the but the, 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 the skepticism that we see in Nathaniel is not the kind of skepticism that is unwilling to be convinced, but as a skepticism that is open, that wants to see and hear for himself. And we see that Nathanael actually comes with Philip to see this Jesus. Verse 47. We hear Jesus saying, as Nathanael arrives, he says, here is a true Israelites in whom there is nothing false. And Nathaniel is surprised by this, because uh, supposedly he's never met Jesus at all. He says, how do you know me, Jesus? How do you know that I'm a true eath? How do you know that there's nothing false in, in me? And Jesus says, I saw you while you were under the fig tree, before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel, verse 49, declares that rabbi you are the son of god you are the king of israel and we look we see here uh, in, in the book of john that jesus recalls a past event that is not in the book but is one that nathaniel knows about that no one else could have known about nathaniel was sitting under a fig tree and jesus not only knows the type of tree that he was sitting under, but you know, he, he states that he was sitting under this before he was called. He's not general. I'm sure most Jewish people would, would have sat under a fig tree in some la- in some point in their lives. But what you see here in Jesus is that him demonstrating to Nathaniel that you were sitting under this fig tree before you were called. It's as if Jesus, if you were called to a certain place, to come to your workplace and Jesus happened to be there. And Jesus says, I saw you in your house in Queenswood. While knowing nothing about you. While not knowing that you even come from Queenswood. Not, while not knowing that, you, were, um, that you, know, you weren't at the mall before you came to, uh, you came to work. He demonstrates supernatural knowledge and it convinces Nathanael to understand that he is indeed the Son of God, the King of Israel. It's hard to determine what Nathanael meant by Son of God because the Hebrew language doesn't have a lot of, adject- of uh, adjectives. Uh, for example, Dangerous in Hebrew is son of danger. So it's possible that Nathaniel is merely saying you are a godly person. You are not necessarily the son of God. So that, that is an interpretation possibility. But however, there is nothing ambiguous about the next part of this verse 49. He says, not only are you the son of God, but you are the promised king of Israel. The one that we have been waiting for. The one who is promised to us in Psalm chapter 2. The one who is promised in Genesis. Who will come and restore all things. The one who will die at the cross. Just as the lamb died in the rescue of the Exodus. Says you are the promised one. And you see here with Nathaniel a willingness to submit to him as his king. He's not just saying that you are king and walks away. He says you are king and indeed he follows him. Jesus responds to this faith that has come through uh, this miraculous act by. Saying to, to uh to them verses 51 that you believe. Let's start at verses 50. It's, it says, Jesus says, You believe, because I told you I saw you, and I, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He first addresses Nathaniel individually. It's hard to see in the English because you sounds the same, it looks the same, whether in English or uh, it, it, whether in singular or in, in, in plural. But the "you" in verses fifty is singular; that is addressing Nathaniel specifically. It says, "You believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than this." And he now turns to his attention to not just Nathaniel but to all of them. Verses 51. He says, I tell you, you, that is the disciples who are are sitting there, those who had been called, like Peter and Philip. He says, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You, they are listening to this miraculous thing. And I'm sure even those, the disciples who are there with Nathaniel are surprised that Jesus could have known that Nathaniel was sitting under the fig tree before he, um, he came with Philip. I'm sure they're surprised as well, just as Nathaniel is surprised. But Jesus tells them that even a bigger surprise is waiting. They will see greater things than that. They will see, as it says in verses fifty-one, they will, they will see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That is a complicated section of the passage, and in order to understand it, it is important that you go to uh, Genesis chapter twenty-eight, verses ten to fifteen. Genesis chapter twenty-eight, verses ten to fifteen deals with. Uh, The famous story of Jacob. As he left Bathsheba and set out for Haram. He reached a certain place and he stops there. Uh, Because the sun had set it was night. He lays down and he falls asleep. Verses 12 of, of Genesis 28 says. He had a dream in which a stairway resting on earth with this top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, above it, we are told, stood the Lord who said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and the descendants the land in which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth And you will spread into the west, into the east, into the north, and uh, to the south. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. When Jacob woke up from this sleep, He thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I am not aware of it. He was afraid and he says, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. There are similarities between Genesis 28 and what Jesus said as uh, Jacob lies there having this dream he saw this ladder basically touching the earth and touching the heavens and he sees the angels ascending uh, up and down on this ladder this ladder made accessible that which is typically inaccessible Jacob saw in his dream Access to God. That in that place, there was going to be a means of reaching God. That God was indeed there. Jacob saw also the promised blessing. In that context, was the land that he was going to be on. And the interesting thing about this place um, is that the, the, the place where God was seen. Becomes the temple of God. That is why, this is 17, Jacob says, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. So, that location then becomes the place where the temple is put, and the temple becomes the only way to access God for Israelites. He builds a shrine there, in that very house of God. Notice the differences, however, between Genesis 28 and John chapter 1. The differences are specific, uh, are more explicit in verses 12 of Genesis 28 and verses 51 of uh, John chapter 1. Verses 12 reads, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. That's Genesis. John chapter 1 verses 51 says, He then added, i tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Notice the difference there, if you have a Bible open. The difference is is that in Genesis 28, the angels who are going up and down doing God's bidding are ascending and descending where? On the stairway that is resting on the earth and heaven. But there is a difference in John chapter 1, verses 51, is that the this, this stairway is not resting on the earth and on the heaven, but it is resting, at the end of verses 51, on the Son of Man himself. It's not even that the stairway, that they it, but the angels are, 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 are doing their business, are ascending and descending on the Son of Man, that Jesus has replaced the ladder of Genesis 28. Now here's the means by which people can access heaven. Because he is the Son of Man. It is a, the, the, the title Son of Man is a title that Jesus uses to refer to himself and he gets it from uh, Daniel 7 verses 31. The the one whom they are following, the disciples, will show them the way to heaven. And that way is Himself. He is the means by which they can have access to God. He's speaking here to, uh, to Israelites who knew, like all, all Israelites did, that God is accessed through the temple. He is coming to them. and is hinting at the fact that I am the temple. I am the means to access God. That which was promised in Genesis 28 and took place with the Israelites, the building of the temple, that shrine which became the temple, Jesus is saying, that's me now if you want to access God, if you want to have a relationship with God, you come through me. That is what I want to remember this Christmas. That as you think about the incarnation, God became flesh. That the reason for that is so that you and I, who are wicked, sinful, would access God through him that there is no other hope but him. That is why Peter, in chapter 6, when, when Jesus uh, uh, asked him, are you also going to go as others will leave you? When Jesus saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Peter said, no. Where else can I go? You have the words to eternal life. You can't go to the temple. You can't go to the best rabbis out there. They don't have the words to eternal life. Jesus does. Only through Jesus is heaven accessed. Therefore, what kind of people is heaven open to? You see in this passage that it is open to those who hear the call, come follow me. It is open to, uh, to skeptics like Nathaniel. But skeptics whose hearts have been melted by the power of the Holy Spirit. Heaven is open to those who are willing to submit to Jesus as King and Savior. Heaven is open to sinners who see their sin and see that on their own, They are incapacitated to reach God. They are unable. They are in darkness. Heaven is open to those people. Those who trust in Jesus. And know that he is the key. He is the means. He is the ladder to God himself. Heaven is open to sinners those who would come to him. Now my challenge to you and myself is that will you follow him? Will you be uh, reminded to continue to follow him this Christmas? As you celebrate his birth, will you continue to follow him? Will you continue to invite others to follow him? Will you find joy not in the, uh, the superfluous things about Christmas but in what is true about Christmas? That we have access to God through him who died at the cross. Let's pray together and ask God to help us. Heavenly Father, indeed we praise you that we on the other side of the cross now can testify that indeed we have seen heaven open. And we have seen the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, showing us the way. We have seen that the only way for us to reach God is through you. Lord, I pray that you renew our faith in you this morning. When tempted to trust In other means to reach you, help us to know that you are our only hope. Wherever we may be this morning, Lord, help us to turn to you in faith. I pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.